است. Mobility will be key to recovery because we have relaxed some of our quarantine methods no? and, uh, and we have allowed more transportation to come out. That's going to prove to be better for demand. If we do follow uh, the health protocols, the ability of people to move around will likely contribute better to growth. I'm Christian Esguera and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. Let's begin by dissecting the news. It took a while and some last-minute drama and surprises, but finally, we pretty much have a better idea of who's running for president in 2022. President Duterte's daughter, Sara, won't run for president. She instead is gunning for the vice presidency adopted as the running mate of the son of the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos. President Duterte isn't retiring just yet. At the last minute, after floating the possibility of running for vice president as well, he opted to file his candidacy for senator. His longtime assistant and now Senator Christopher Bongo is running for president, substituting for Senator Ronald Bato de la Rosa, who was widely considered as a placeholder to begin with. But that it was Senator Go who took his place, not Sara Duterte, was a surprise in itself. Tonight we'll try to make sense of these last-minute changes among those running for the top two positions in 2022 and how they could affect the chances of other candidates and political alliances. 
to be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC After the Fact. Joining us now is uh, Isambayan convener and former CHR chairperson Loretta Androsales. Also with us is senatorial aspirant and former congressman and human rights lawyer, uh, attorney Neri Colmenares. Good evening and thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, that's our viewers and Christian. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the with the former human rights chairperson, uh, Eta Rosales. Of course, you're now with the Sambayan as among the conveners. What do you think of these last-minute changes in terms of uh, who would run for president uh, and vice president from within the Duterte uh, camp or group? Help us make sense of that. Does anybody, is anybody able to make sense of that? It's a circus. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's a circus, and uh, <clears throat> I guess it is because it is a reflection of how people take advantage of particular abuses you can have because of a flawed electoral system. And in this case, this idea of substitution after a while on November 15. No? And so the scramble for um seats including Sara Duterte who not too long ago came out with a very sober and you know sober statement against her father saying that my position is I always think first before I decide to run for any position and right now I have decided to go for the local elections, I mean, local uh, position. So um, why don't you make up your mind as she chastised her father and uh, the political son of Duterte, um, what's his name, Bongo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but that was just a few days ago. But no sooner said than done, look at her now running and deciding to just change her mind and uh, she got two actually two pieces of paper one for the presidency and one for the vice presidency and everybody thought that she would run for the presidency but later on she was convinced to run for the vice presidency okay hmm. attorney neri what does this say about uh, how does this reflect uh, on the first family uh, well, on the Duterte's. Yes. Well, now that the dust has settled, it's claro talaga that the Duterte dynasty is finished. Uh, Duterte has to realize now that the people will be talking about uh, the new president rather than the incumbent president. Uh, there will be, of course, a hemorrhaging of the Duterte coalition, as many of his allies, especially sa local, will now be jumping ship no, for the other presidential candidates. No? So, uh, Lenny Isco, uh, Manny Pacquiao, or Bongbong Marcos. Uh, the second point is that uh, there will be confusion on this array now in the, among the supporters of President Duterte because uh, Siempre Duterte will order his supporters to vote for Bongo and Sara Duterte, but that will further aggravate the uh, break with the Marcoses, who also have their own supporters. So uh, that's that the second point. The third point is that uh, 
Well, uh, Bongbong Marcos has now, uh, he's leaving now in the surveys, and if true, he will now be faced with the uh, problem of his package. Because Mar uh, Bongbong Marcos uh, does not have any track record to speak of, uh, even in his forgettable stint as a congressman and a senator. And uh, therefore, uh, his tactic has always been to claim all the achievements of his father. Uh, pero ang problema dyan sa tactic na yan, tactic ni Bongbong Marcos, which is... Uh, uh, lahat ng tagumpay ng aking tatay, akin yon, uh, lahat ng kasalanan niya, wala akong alam dyan, uh, will surely backfire. No one can win this election on the basis of the alleged uh, achievements of another, especially since the other presidential candidates have their own personal achievements to speak of, which could win the voters uh, in their favor. So okay. basically, sum up more that the Duterte dynasty is finished as people will now no longer be talking about President Duterte because there is no presidential candidate, credible presidential candidate on the part of President Duterte. Second, there will be a breakdown of his coalition and the mass support. And of course, uh, the break in the Duterte Marcos uh, supporters. And thirdly, Bongbo Marcos being now on top, uh, the only one who can sustain this uh, uh, Force, dark force of tyranny will now have to face the baggages that he has so far evaded because he's okay. now the center of attention because uh, he's the only one left in the Duterte uh, machinery. Okay, uh, they, they agree? Huh? They agree? No. Uh, uh, from... uh, yeah, I, well, I agree with what Neri uh, has been saying, but, you know, to add to what Neri said, he is not only, he's not free from, you know, uh, risks Neri because he is at the risk of being disqualified. He is at the risk of having his candidacy, his COC, nullified. These are two separate things that have been thrown him right now, and more are coming. Actually, there are more petitions that will be coming. So he has this problem of being dissatisfied, uh, disqualified, and uh, at the very least, it should be the disqualification should be solved at least 15 days before election time. Okay. So, but, but but does it also somehow placate uh, your concerns that the fact that they had to go through this uh, uh, chaotic process in the last few days before the substitution deadline, that indeed after everything was said and done, the Dutertes and the Marcoses do not exactly see eye to eye? Somehow that idea, does it... Suit oh, yeah. your concerns in a way. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was. Look at what have you heard? What uh, Duterte has been saying right now. Magnanakaw siya. Sino ngaling siya? Hindi siya dapat iboto. Lalaban, lalaban ako sa kanya. Hindi mag no mangangampanya ako laban sa kanya. And of course, this is out of anger because uh, I guess President Duterte has always seen himself as the best political strategies, as we were discussing in a meeting. Uh, and hindi siya magpapatalo, no? Pikon na pikon pa nga siya. So the fact that, and I believe it, the fact that his daughter did not do anything to tell him, at least, that she was being, you know, wooed by Gloria Macapagal-Arroyo, and she was thinking of running with um, Bongbong Marcos. 
picked him no end. Kaya nga sabi niya, lalaban din siya as kwan, di ba? And ako, I will not, ako, Neri, I will not, uh, kwan, ha? hindi ko sasabihin na tapos na siya. Tapos na siya. Dahil, si Duterte. Oh, si Duterte. Dahil sa tamang mukhang lame duck na siya, pero it's not as if tapos na siya. Except that they keep on, you know, making mistakes one after the other. But neither is uh, Bongbong Marcos uh, just as stable. Although, of course, maganda yung ratings niya sa ngayon. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, Attorney Neri, does this now make uh, either the Marcoses or the Duterte's or both of them more vulnerable or less powerful as they are projected to be? given what happened over the past few days in preparation for this substitution deadline? The moment Bongo filed the certificate of candidacy for the presidency, uh, that immediately creates a break within the, uh, within the camp of the Duterte-Marcos tandem. Uh, that was to the advantage of all opposition candidates, definitely. So uh, will, that, will that mean that uh, they are now to be written off of course not ha? hindi naman ganun na ha? written off president duterte is still a very powerful president in the sense that he has all the powers can there be election fraud there can be election fraud of course but that will create more uh, more trouble for for him rather than ease his troubles so hindi naman sila i write off ang sinasabi ko doon is that the the vaunted Duterte Marcos tandem is now ano na yan eh medyo nagunti-unti na yung magdi-disintegrate and that is really making it more difficult for them to win this election because they they ano eh they rely on a common base eh. so there will be a split there there will be a break there uh will it make make them vulnerable definitely yes it makes them very vulnerable now because if one of the other campaigns against campaign against the other especially since uh, if president duterte will tell all his supporters you vote for bongo and sara for vice president ano na lang ang result niyan sa marcos camp syempre there will be a reaction on the part of marcos camp pwede ba nilang ilaglag si sara duterte pweding pwede in fact sara duterte is no longer even sure if she will win the vice presidency against the other vice presidential aspirants so yes very damaging talaga ang nangyari nito in this today na kung saan uh, walang ulo ang administration candidates. I'd just like to add Christian lang. If normally ang presi- ang senatorial slate ng administration pinag-aagawan ng iba't ibang mga senador. Dito parang kung papansinin mo yung mga big big kumbaga big time ng mga senatorial candidates doon sa ibang partido political, di ba? Nakaka-weird kasi, for example, just recently, the PNP chief of President Duterte joined another uh, party rather than the administration party. So it goes to show that uh, yung problems ng lame duck is beginning to show as uh, even the senatorial slate of the president is not as viable as the other president, as a senatorial slate of other candidates. Okay. Now, uh, Mr. Rosales, what do you make of this uh, fact that uh, after Sara Duterte filed her COC for vice president, she didn't exactly declare who her enemy would be. But promptly, the, the political party, which uh, is now being carried by Ferdinand Bombo Marcos Jr., promptly adopted her as the running mate. Yet, on the other hand, 
there's also the opening. Uh, the slot for the running mate of Senator Bongo. What do you make of all these uh, variations that we're seeing now? Yeah, actually, well, call them variations if you want to. I'd rather call them the weakening. The, you know, actually, it's really disgusting. The weakening of the pol- a weak political party system. First of all, we have had very weak political institutions to begin with. Marcos did a lot to really destroy our political institutions and our economic institutions during his 14-year dictatorship rule. But post-Marcos, EDSA, unfortunately, we were not able to restore, you know, the strengthening of our political institutions. So what happens? You have an OEC, the Omnibus Election Code, which was approved 1985, but so much of it is still manual. codified And it was done, what, two years before the ratification of the 1987 Constitution. So may problema karian, di ba? Because the election code should follow the basic principles of the Constitution. So that's, that's, that's where your problem lies. That is why the advantages that the politicians make of, you know, a weakened political party system and then this silly um, substitution that comes several days after your COC and is not yet campaign days until February um, what else? The, the problems of your vote, vote buying, vote buying, bayano. Sige na lang. Uh, some ano? Okay na yan. Basta you you accept the the money in pero boboto ka according to your uh, conscience. Eh, ang hirap nun eh. Gagawin ba ng mga tao yan? No. So in the first place, it's unlawful to buy mm-hmm. votes. So all of this reflect a very weak electoral system. And nothing has been done about it from post-EDSA days up to today. Kaya ang nakikita mo, nagpa-plummet talaga. Pagpasira ng Papa Juan, it's, it's gotten worse. It's, it has gotten so worse. So yung sinasabi mo na ano itong varieties of the political party system, there's really no political party system to talk about because they don't have programs in the first place. Diba? Wala namang mga programa yung mga yan eh. Okay. Unfortunately, very valid yung discussion yan. Pero during the election season, I don't think people would bother to talk about what's problematic, unfortunately, in our political party system. But we had a lot of time to actually work on that. Yes. Hindi na problema eh. Eh, pagdating ng election, nararamdaman natin yung problema. <laughs> Kung nari, you wanted to say something. Well, actually, this, for example, the substitution rule, hindi naman yan pinapansin for a long time eh. Except for the local candidates, ginagamit yan doon. It's not really a big issue for the national candidates, presidential candidates. Because if you wish to run for the president, you plan for it many years before. Or even sometimes, you just don't, don't substitute for anybody in the last minute. Because Duterte who broke that eh. 
now it's it's broken and everybody is now thinking oh let's change that law which is probably the best way to go about it right to to make it difficult for others to use and abuse it but i still hope that the filipino people will see through the scheme that these are not really these are candidates who who is divorced from whatever the interests of the filipino people are but rather thinking of the benefit of their family their power their perpetuation into you know So uh, the, the the issue the, the the situation wherein the Duterte's really tried to gain the upper hand in the substitution deal with Sara running for the presidency is nothing more than an attempt to perpetuate themselves in power a desperate move really to preempt a possible a case against them whether in the ICC or in the local courts however they failed to achieve that with the recent developments and i guess they will have to find a way of perpetuating themselves in power other than grabbing the presidential seat and do you think they can trust bongbong marcos to not no no duterte is very clear there he does not trust the marcoses in fact if you look at duterte he only trusts probably bongo and sara duterte no uh, there is no trust uh, on the part of president okay. duterte against the son of wait when against the family of the late dictator and i doubt very much if the marcoses will trust the Dutertes. In fact, there was a time when Bongbong was entertaining a vice presidential run and suddenly President Duterte issues, I will run for the vice president himself. That practically cut any any deal on the part of the Marcoses and Sara because uh, if Bongbong will run for the vice presidency, then Duterte will run against him. So parang nilalaglag nyo ako sa simula pa lang. So there is mistrust on both camps and it will worsen as the campaign period uh, comes in. Okay. There's, there, uh, I'd like to, uh, uh, Miss Eta, you can also answer this. Uh, there's, a, there's a question from one of our viewers. Given the Duterte's much weakened electoral position and the obvious role of Gloria Macapagal-Arroyo in the Duterte Act, doesn't cheating become a credible prospect? Oh yes, definitely. From the very beginning, I've always already said that this could be a fraudulent election. You must remember that Marcos has been known for cheating like anything. You know? so he, uh, I think that outside of Quirino, it was Quirino that popularized, outside of his golden orinola, he popularized the, even the birds and the bees can now vote. You know, Romulo was the one who said that about one. Uh, the but, but the Marcoses are not uh, but, the ones in the administration now. It's the Dutertes. The Dutertes, yes. But you know, the Marcoses are... Yeah, it's true. But but you know, the Marcoses have... They seem to control a lot of social media. And everybody seems to be voting for Marcos everywhere you go. And I I know because people, you know, within our constituencies would say, oh, si Marcos ang iboboto, si Marcos ang iboboto. Unless you are able to penetrate the um, segments of the population, the registered population, which is about 96%. And Mary, I understand that we are only 4%. The organized forces are only 4% of the registered voting population. So that's a whole lot. And Marcos seems to have control over this because he's been working on the his constituency for quite a long, long time. So 
Speaking uh, of speaking of that uh, Marco social media engine and PR machine. Sige, pag-usapan natin 'to. Nakalagay sa latest SWS survey, this is a commission survey, October 20 to 23. So after the deadline of the filing of the certificates of candidacy, Bongbong Marcos 47%. Of course, this is good news to the uh, Lenero Bredo supporters from Isambayan. Lenero Bredo is number 2 with 18%, Iskomoreno 13%, Manny Pacquiao 9%. Pinglakson and Bato, he was still a candidate then, 5%. Yung 47%, how do you make sense of that given the fact that the things that you have been saying uh, for so many years already, the, the proven cases of ill-gotten wealth, in short, in Filipino, yung napatunayang pagnanakaw, for instance, the guilty verdict, for instance, on uh, the former first lady, bakit despite all these things, bakit may 47%? voter support, at least based on this data survey. How, how do you explain this? Well, uh, you see, they've been starting this social media campaign for many years now. In, not only in, prepa- in preparation, of course, for the vice presidential run in 2016, but they can use it in the 2020 to run. Uh, the, uh, the, the social media work is becoming very important and it can really manipulate people. The story of Cambridge Analytics very, very clear that they can manipulate it. And I think there is that. So false popularity yon. Para sa akin, these are false popularities brought about by manipulation in the media. Because it is a false popularity, it can be easily broken. Now, for example, they've written on this on the story of all the achievements of Ferdinand Marcos when in fact, if it will be exposed that during martial law, for example, almost 47% inflation rate, uh, grabe yon. an average of 12% unemployment rate. And there was a time when the poverty incidence went up from 33% up to 49%. Can you imagine the number of billions of Filipinos? That will expose the Marcos story as a, a really a dangerous story. Because if they did that during the time of martial law, when poverty was so uh, serious, they can do that also. So, the, of course, the social media is major thing. How, and secondly... The social media will become also an important component anyway of the other presidential candidates. So I don't think he can still be overwhelming there, especially if the Duterte trolls will also will also begin to campaign against him if they want Bongo to at least have a credible showing this election. So I'm despite the fact that he has 47% according to the survey, and to a large degree that was because there is no other reason for that popularity, Christian. It's a social media. Ano bang ginawa ni Bongbong Marcos in the last so many years? Wala, walang maisip ang tao eh. Kanina may nag-deliver dito, ba't nga ibuboto si Marcos? Sabi niya, eh kasi, stricto siya eh. Sabi ko, is ba stricto si Duterte eh? So, the people are actually at a loss for why they want to support him. Pag tinanong mo yung supporters ni Bongbong Marcos, bakit siya? Ano bang nagawa niya? Wala silang maisip eh. So, name Kung recall. Nila, yes. That too, yeah. and of course, the story ha. It's not merely the name recall. It's the story itself weaved in the social media pero, pero for so many ito, years. Ito, Connery, siguro pwede rin sagutin ni, uh, ni Mr. Rosales. No? Ito, ito yung very basic issue. I think it was in 1994, the Supreme Court made the decision. Ito yung sweldo ng mga Marcoses, ni, ni uh, former President uh, Ferdinand Marcos, uh, yes. in a particular span. That was calculated based on official salary as a President yes. of the Philippines. Pero yes. bakit ito yung well, wealth at their disposal? Pero diba, na, napaka-basic nun pag pinaliwanag mo sa tao. How do you explain oh, that? Pero bakit it, sarado? It does that not was... penetrate. It does not penetrate. Alam mo yung sinabi ni 
ni DPL, she spoke before the Rotarians. Nag-register talaga sa akin yan eh. Sabi niya ganun, pero alam niyo kung saan ako talo, dehadong-dehado ako, doon sa C at saka D1 sections of our registered population. Yan, merong mga gadgets yan eh. Tapos, bukas sila, they're so vulnerable to the trolls of Duterte and of Marcos. Diyan ako talo. At napipenetrate nila yan because they're so vulnerable. At may mga gadgets sila. So that registered sa akin, tayo, ilan ba naman lang tayo sa totoo lang, ano? So when we talk to each other, hindi naman nagpe-penetrate yan. Alam mo, meron akong kaibigan, ano? Nagpunta siya sa, kwan, yung uh, NGO work nila. Nagpunta siya sa Mulanay, sa Bondok Pen. Tapos, kinausap niya mga tao, sino ibaboto niyo? Si Marcos. Bakit si Marcos? Eh, magaling siya, yung mga bridges niya. Eh, yung tatay niya yun eh. Sabi niya, hindi naman si Marcos Jr. yun eh. Uy, pero magaling yung tatay. Uy, pero wala namang ginawa yung anak. Tapos, nagkwento ngayon. Alam ba ninyo? Da- Tapos yun, kwento na. Nagkwento ngayon tungkol doon sa, alam ba ninyo na ninakaw nila yung kwan? Ating... Uh, public funds natin. At saka yung buwis nga, hindi nila binabayaran eh. Eh itong si Marcos Jr. na tumatakbo ngayon, hindi nga niya binayaran yung kanyang ITRs. So pinaliwanag yan. At saka... Estate tax. Ang estate tax nagsimula sa 23 billion pesos. Pero ngayon, dinagdag ng dagdag ang mga interest, umaabot na sa 203.8 billion pesos. Yan. Eh siya ang executor nitong estate tax na ito. So, yan ang ginagawa niya. Ninanakaw niya ang buwis ng taong bayan. Ganun ba? Ayun, yan ang sagot ng mga yeah. taong. Okay. Uh, that was a, you wanted to say something? Okay. Yeah, just, that's the 2003 decision in Republic versus Sandigan Bayan where the Supreme Court forfeited 586 million, uh, sorry, 685 million dollars. Uh, stashed in Swiss banks as ill-gotten wealth when the Supreme Court tallied the total income of the Marcoses during the, all the time they were in office at $305,000 yeah. based on their income tax returns. So uh, that was a clear showing. At tama rin si ETA, kailangan ipaliwanag ito sa taong bayan. But you see, the, the problem of the, the Marcoses now is that there will be a, so, uh, a organizing of social media warriors He was, they were able to hold sway. The Duterte and the Marcos tandem were able to hold sway in the social media for a long time. Not only because they ran very well-resourced, well-funded stories, but also they used the stick. It's a carrot and stick. Eh? The trolls, the trolling. And so many people retreated into silence and anonymity because of the attacks. And so therefore, naglipana sila. They were able to overwhelm the social media because nobody dared to speak, especially early during the time of President Duterte. But now, Christian, you notice there are more people answering back. There are more people defending those who are being attacked by trolls. There are more people clarifying in social media the positions and the narratives of the fake news. So I'm very confident, Christian, there will be such a movement of social media warriors. And if we all focus on that, we will overwhelm and crush the the narratives okay. of the Marcoses and the Dutertes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break after the fact will be right back. 
Welcome back to After the Fact. I'm Christian Esquera. Still with us is uh, isang bayan convener, Loreta Andrasales, and uh, former bayan muna congressman, and now senator candidate attorney, Neri Colmenares. Okay, at this stage, I'd like to get your uh, opinion regarding this um, this move, this decision by uh, General Antonio Parlade to join the presidential race. He's basically making himself available as a choice for people for their next president. Do you take this candidacy seriously given your history with him and his campaign against uh, human rights groups and the left. Uh, first, Attorney Neri. Well, not seriously, of course. Uh, he just substituted for someone in the last minute and he cannot even explain some of the things he blurted out during his interview. So, I think he's just there na pang, ano, pang gulo lang ba. So, uh, definitely, he will try to attack other candidates but uh, i think the people will not really go seriously for a candidate who doesn't even have a clear platform of what he wants to do but uh maintains uh, he just continuously attacks other people so yeah it's not a very he's not a very serious candidate and i don't think he will merit a lot of discussion later especially during the campaign period okay uh mr Rosales. yeah but what is uh disturbing for the Duterte administration is that he is attacking Bongo. He is attacking Duterte's uh, presidential aspirant. Or, yeah, presidential bet. And, uh, yan ang problema, kanyang ganon. Yan ang nagiging problema natin. So, why is he doing that? I'm sure because Bongo has been, you know, into a lot of transactions, that probably were fishy and of course he knows all of that but then why is he doing that as a presidential aspirant right now you know um he is supposed to be as i would understand it a spokesperson a former spokesperson of ntf elcock def definitely an ally of uh, duterte so why is he attacking bongo right now you know, it adds to the gulo within the Duterte camp, no? And the... Won't this be good for the non-Duterte and non-Marcos forces, the fact that uh, these things are happening from within the big tent of the Duterte administration? Of course. Yes, of course. yes. Any, any division within their camps is very good for the opposition, of course, because that further divides their votes. That's why uh, we were calling for a unified opposition. Well, at the same time, we're calling for a unified opposition. The Duterte coalition is disintegrating. So that's a very good positive development for the opposition forces. Okay, speaking of uh, unification efforts, uh, how are you now in your efforts to unify the non-Duterte and non-Marcos forces? So I'd like to start with the uh, attorney Neri. Have you, has your group decided on which presidential candidate to support? Now that the dust has settled in the November 14 thing and the fact that the issue of the platform has already been, uh, um, you know, sort of mentioned uh, repeatedly, I think Makabayan will uh, decide uh, probably sooner than later, hopefully, uh, now that the dust has settled, so to speak. Of course, uh, the first thing is that the what whatever we say, the... Uh, the Marcos is a very, very strong candidate. 
because of the resources of the Marcoses and the Dutertes, of course, because of their resources also under government power. So there is more need now for a unified opposition uh, now that to deliver the to deliver the deadly blow against the forces of darkness and the forces of tyranny. Pero hindi pa ba maliwanag by this time kung sino yung kandidatong aligned yung values, character, yeah, we're background, asking... and platform sa inyo? We're asking the uh, candidates to make a public uh, pronouncement. We're requesting them. Kasi iba ang platform if it's uh, declared publicly because it is the commitment, the social contract, so to speak, of the candidate with the people. So it's very important naman na it will come to, you know, it will be announced publicly. And I think all the candidates will be announcing their platforms very soon. Uh, are you, are you yes. also waiting for the next survey in December? after the November 15 no. deadline to give you the, a better idea of who has who would be in a better position to beat Marcos for instance the the survey the survey is not really a major factor in the decision of Makabayan of course Makabayan has a base vote of 3.5 million voters always in all elections for our uh, six to seven parties groups but we just want to carefully study to make sure that uh, that our uh, vote base will deliver the fatal blow against the uh, Duterte and the Marcoses tandem. So that, that is something that we really consider. This will be a plurality election, uh, Christian. It will be decided, I think, because of the many candidates, it will be decided by uh, probably a million or two million votes. Uh, and so it's very crucial that Mahabayan make sure that uh, its 3.5 million votes will deliver that deadly and fatal blow to, okay. to the Duterte and the tyrannical forces of the Marcos Duterte tandem, or wh- whether even if they're no longer a tandem, still deliver the uh, blow against their candidacy. Okay. Mr. Rosales, so far, how far away still are this non-Duterte and non-Marcos forces from getting together? Or did you get any closer to that since the, uh, the deadline of the COC filing and, of course, the deadline of the substitution today? Well, um, the way it looks, I'm discouraged well, by the fact that, uh, one, Pacquiao went to Duterte. And in a sense, I think I can believe Duterte when he said, hindi naman ako nag-imbite sa kanya eh. Ako yung Juan, he wanted to talk to me. And then sa news, sa media, lumabas na, he apologized to Duterte for the, his allegations of corruption under the Duterte administration. So what does that mean? He is making amends already with the Duterte camp. So that's not very encouraging to unite with uh, Pacquiao in that regard. And... Uh, now, in the case of um, yung iba, si no, si Isko, at saka si Ping Lakson, I think that Ping Lakson, ever since, ever since he felt offended by um, by DPL, no, when she shunned him right away, when he was offering something, you know, an effort for them to come together. Siguro man lang dapat sinabi ni DPL eh, o sige, pag-aralan muna natin, no? 
Pero parang masyadong sabi niya hindi. Sabi niya okay. So by, by the way, uh, Miss Eta, I'd like to ask you about this. Uh, yung sa SWS survey, number two si Len Robredo. Number mm-hmm. three si Esco Moreno. Because previous, uh, previous uh, surveys uh, actually pointed to the strength of Sara Duterte, Bongo Marcos, Esco Moreno as the most uh, probable beater. Yung makakatalo dun sa, sa Marcos or Sara Duterte at that time. Now, kanina you said you had a meeting with Isambaya. No? So what were your analyses regarding this? Bakit umangat si Lenny Robredo at naungusan si, uh, si Isko Moreno by five points? Umangat si Lenny Robredo sapagkat as pointed out by Neri na, na rin, no? si Neri brought it out. Ang mga tao namumulat na tungkol dun sa kahalagahan ng plataforma. Diba? And the people who are motivated by Lenny Robredo are motivated spontaneously. And you will believe it when I say that yung mga caravans nila, sila yung gumagastos. Hindi nga gumagastos si Lenny Robredo eh. Hindi siya magbibigay ng pera. Pero from all over, from Iloilo, Mindanao, you know, up to the north, ang mga tao talagang nagkukuan uh, spontaneously. Iba yung binibigyan ng pera at pagkatapos magkakaraban sila. Doon sa yung mga tao mismo ang nag-gather ng pera at nag-iipon para ipakita na they are for Lenny. There's a, that, kaya uphill yung kay Lenny. Umaakyat siya, umasenso pa rin siya. And I think that's a lot. Yung sinasabi mo, Neri, kanina na you have optimism. Ako, my optimism lies in her. In the fact that people are now getting to know her values, her program, at saka yung kanyang pagkilos sa ibaba, no? sa grassroots. Kaya dun ang optimism ko. Paakyat, lalo nga akyat pa yan. Eh. Okay. Now, uh, dun sa Sambayan, we had a meeting. Uh, I suggested that uh, palakasin muna namin ang puwersa ng civil society organizations kesa sa makipag-usap-usap. Nawala, medyo nawawalan ako ng gana ng konti, no? Kay Pacquiao o kay Pinglaxon o kay Isko. Silang tatlo naman yan, eh, di ba? Ba't ba nag-uusap pa ba hanggang ngayon? Ha? Nag-uusap pa ba sila? Kayo with isang, isang bayan and with these three candidates? Hindi na muna. Pero, ikaw nagtanong eh. Ano no, ang... I, mean, I mean, meron pang pag-uusap po ba? May ongoing discussions pa ba? No, no. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Ang pinag-uusapan namin, yung CSOs at saka okay. yung institutions. Social institutions and political institutions of the private sector. Yan, personages of the church. Yan ang ating liligawan. Yun, yun yung discussion namin. Because we do have yung tinatawag na nine um, principles of unity and commitment. Talaga Nil- Nililigawan niyo pa ba ang makabayan block? Because uh, Kong Neri was talking of uh, a 3.5 million voter base which could deliver the death blow uh, to the Marcoses <laughs> in 2020. Siyempre, kung 3.5 million, Neri, ano ka ba? Napaka-significant nun, 3.5. Diba? If that indeed... Sigura. Pero alam mo... Yes, yes. Ang election 
all the elections kasi, uh, ang boto palagi ng pitong party list namin or anong na party list has always been 3.5. So yung senatorial, mas mataas dyan, pero tingin naman namin mga market votes karamihan doon. Whereas ang base vote talaga, 3.5. Pero having said that, yung unification ng opposition, Christian, is still something in our agenda. Kasi there could still be could there still be an unification of the opposition even after even after November 15 of course yes there can be a unification if in the sense that one of them after they see all the surveys for example sometime later in say December or January one of them may withdraw and endorse the other uh, that, that's why para sa amin uh, hindi sa hindi sa amin tapos na yung ano dito sa so, do we continue to ask them Isko Moreno, Lenny Robredo, and Manny Pacquiao to help each other later. Yes, kasi kailangan yan eh uh, para sa tingin. Sa tingin ko ha, because of that. Pero, kung, oh, pero if you're talking of a 3.5 million voter base which could deliver the fatal blow uh, on the Marcoses, so logically, one can uh, assume na surveys would figure uh, strongly in your decision making as to who to support your president. Tama po ba? Well, it, it, it is a factor. I have to admit that. Pero ang major talaga sa amin, of course, the platform, uh, the, the, as, as I mentioned a while ago, the platform. And of course, the fact that yung kandidatong ito is of course open also to to uh, you know to talking with people like us, di ba? Sige, so, I'll, be, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be more uh, frank, no? uh, Attorney yes. Neri. For instance, in terms of uh, alignment of uh, platforms on what you intend to do, let's say, to the labor sector, mm-hmm. siguro wala nang lilinaw pa rin sa plataforma ni Lodi de Guzman. And, uh, correct, correct, uh, yes. Walden Bellio. Pag yes. kinumpara sa plataforma ng makabayan. But in terms of the ability to win the presidency or the vice presidency, would you even cast your lot on this tandem? With your 3.5 million votes. Well, Leody de Guzman is one of those still being considered by Mahabayan. Huh? We did, did, uh, hindi kami nag-echipwera sa ngayon. If our purpose is to unify the opposition, mahirap mag-echipwera ngayon. Na iyan, huwag na yan. Ganun. Kasi the moment we go into that direction, ang hirap mo unite later on. Eh. Sabihin niyo sa'yo, if you're called for unity, hindi, binirabira mo na ako eh. Why should I unite for you, di ba? So very important yung sa amin na consider. And Lodi de Guzman, of course, is part of the consideration. So yeah, uh, I still hope that uh, magkaroon ng ganong... Kasi sinabi ko kanina that the Duterte dynasty is finished. But like a, the paroxysm of rage of a dying lion, umbaga, they can do a lot of damage eh. So we still need to unite. And you know, any one of the Marcoses or the Dutertes who will win in the coming elections, of course, they will run after all the opposition candidates, kanino kaman, kahit sino kaman. That's okay. why hindi kami kukuha ng bato para ipukpok sa sarili nating lahat by uh, you know, allowing this uh, tandem of darkness to win in the 2022 election. We will do everything to defeat them. Unfortunately, we don't have time anymore. Uh, very briefly, uh, Ms. Eta. Uh, very yeah. briefly. If you want to tilt the balance in favor of us against the Dutertes and the Marcoses, why don't you tilt it to the, you know, winning candidate, to the candidate that has the chances of winning? And that's Lenny Robredo. Yes, yes, uh, Kongeta, we will get there. We will decide on that soon. I think soon. I hope soon. Okay. Because now that the dust has settled, as I mentioned. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, former CHR chairperson and now Isambayan convener, Eta Rosales, and uh, 
Senatorial Candidate Attorney Neric Palminares for joining us tonight. Maraming salamat po. Thank you. Maraming salamat po. Yes, thank you. Before we go, Philippine politics may have seen several twists and turns these past few days, but the situation online proves to be just as chaotic. Some supporters remain unfazed by the candidate uh, substitutions as they continue to trend hashtags for their own presidential candidates. Others posted memes to express their confusion and frustration about the last-minute changes. But beyond the light-hearted posts, some hope there won't be any more plot twists in the near future. The Commission on Elections says 19 aspirants for national positions withdrew their candidacies. So that's it for tonight. This has been your host, Christian Esguera. You can watch this episode again on I Want PFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.